the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sixty, the answer. Tis season. How are you today, Doc? You're cutting out on me. Still there, buddy? <laughs> I'm still there. You've got a feedback on your end. Ah, uh-huh. well, let me uh, try that here. Hang try on a second. There we go. That should do it. Is that better? Oh, much better. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you know what you're doing. I got to get Joe to put some big colored uh, stickers on there so you know which one to push. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Doc. You know. Oh, my God. So I got a question for you. Sorry. By the way, I'm Dr. Bill, your radio <laughs> MD, and got Ken with me, my producer, engineer, director, uh, sidekick, uh, whatever, everything all at once. And then we have the captain, I'm sure, listening, and he'll chime in at some point. <laughs> and probably so could, and probably critique my engineering too. Yes. Yes, he, he could probably help you with the buttons. He Kevin. could. I yes. Sit there with you during the show. He runs an entire network program by himself. I know, and uh, and and takes calls too, and I answers know. emails and text and everything all at the same time. It's amazing. Of course, he does it when nobody's there and nobody's looking, so we don't really know. He might have like a the doppelganger that comes in and helps. <laughs> <laughs> he puts on a good show. You should listen, folks. Two o'clock, Captain. Yeah, two to six a.m. So, Ken, I got a question for you. Sure. If we discovered a single-celled organism on Mars, like a bacteria, and it was a, a living life form, what would we do with it? Would we preserve it? We would, would we leave it there. I think. Would we kill it? <laughs> Probably, somehow, maybe even accidentally. But I, I think our first inclination would be just to leave it there and try and study it there if we could. I mean, yeah, most people would say, no, you don't want to kill it. It's a living organism, right? Yeah, they're freaked out about that. They don't even, they're even worried about sending um, spacecraft to other planets because it may come with germs from our planet and infect an entire species. Okay, let me ask you the second half of this question. What about a single-cell life form in a womb in a woman? Do we kill that or do we let it live? Well, we should let it live, just like we would on Mars. Okay. that That's my big uh, moral question for the morning. I agree with you. You know, I don't understand, but uh, that's okay. I'll go along with whatever the current uh, thinking is on that. However, I still have my own opinions and my own morals and values that I have to live up to. And that's why you live in America, so you can express those. That, absolutely. Well, you know, Trump can't express him, you know. Michelle Obama and other people after January 6th, uh, the riot at the at the Capitol building, uh, they actually wrote a letter to Twitter demanding that that he be permanently banned. And for the life of me, I still can't find anywhere where he said riot, you know, take over the Capitol building. In fact, in fact, he used the word peaceful. I th- he said, Let, let's peacefully march up to the White House, or not the White House, the Capitol building, and give moral support to those senators who are wavering about uh, whether or not to investigate the election. Yeah, uh, nobody said go inside. Nobody said go inside, no. 
And uh, so, but you, you remember when Obama was running and Michelle said she was ashamed of America until her husband became the president? Wait a minute. <laughs> Somebody help me with this. I mean, all of a sudden, because you're the first lady, now you're not ashamed? Uh, I don't get it, Ken. Well, flying on Air Force One will change your attitude. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> being in the spotlight and having people say, but why would you even say something like that? Yeah, I talk to people from all over the world, and they're like, you're the least racist country we've been in, and you guys are loved all over the world. And, uh, and you know, when you leave the United States, doesn't matter what color you are, what religion you are, if you're an American, the world sees you as an American. They don't see you as a black American or a white American or a green American. You're an American. <clears throat> so our self-image, our perception of ourself is a little skewed. Yeah, we see each other as... Um... Well, right now, Republicans and Democrats, basically. Well, I guess there's uh, there's people saying now that there were Nazis in the in the uh, Trump White House. Well, I I'm hadn't sure. heard that one yet. Yeah, that's the latest, and I'm sure that somebody in there was a you know was a secret Nazi. But hell, FDR had communists in his White House. I mean, he even named one of them the the. Uh, chairman of one of his uh, cabinet seats. So what are you going to do? Yeah, I know. Well, anyway, we should see ourselves as more as just Americans. Absolutely. And we do it wartime, it seems. And I think that we should also see ourselves for what we really are. A really nice, kind, giving, uh, concerned people. And a lot of the world looks up to us and hopes and expects us to come and help them out, whether it's in a natural disaster or if they're being uh, abused or uh, downtrodden like the Ukrainians are, and and I think that that's an appropriate role for the largest democracy on the planet and the wealthiest country on the planet and uh, the most polyglot, too. I mean, come on, we've got people from all over the world here, and they're still pouring in. I think we've had, what, 2 million this year so far. Well, yeah, they're not trying to come here for no, for no reason, you know. They're not, gonna, yeah, you they're not trying to come here because it's lousy. No, you don't see kids trying to grab the uh, wheel of a 767 to get out of the United States and fly. That's know? very true. <laughs> you don't see that. So, yeah, so, no, it's still the greatest country in, in all the world. We should take it easy on each other once in a while, though. Yeah, you know, this is just silly, a lot of this. We can all get along. We've done it before. We can do it again. Well, it's going to take uh, it's going to take some fundamental changes, I think, and, and, and uh, not only in politics— uh, but also in the way we view our our uh, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, and uh, our amendments to the Constitution, those have to be rediscovered. And I don't think that this current generation has really ever been exposed to any of that. And they don't even know what it says. They don't even know what the Bill of Rights does or how it guarantees us our freedoms and gives them the ability to say and do what they want. And the and, and the ones and they and the um I'm trying to think of it. oh you gave me an example as a matter of fact, um, those who do understand it sometimes have a, have an incorrect version of what yes, it is. They, yes, they do. I'm talking about the freedom of speech. Yes, absolutely, they do. And oh my God, we've got our we've got our board meeting coming up in a week or two. <laughs> <laughs> You're planning a vacation, Doc? <laughs> And one of one of the bad, one of the main girls sent out this letter to all of the uh, the uh, residents of our townhomes, uh, basically dissing me how horribly things are being run and that there's no transparency and no freedom of speech and 
Like, all she got to do is come and talk to me. Meanwhile, I'm over there with my, uh, I've got a little rolling, as I've told you before, scaffolding. And uh, the roofing guys came to repair uh, some of the tiles over her garage. And uh, one of the other board members said, hey, Bill, can you go over there and look and see if they actually use the right kinds of, of uh, cement to <clears throat> keep those down? And I went over and they had used some kind of purple uh, super glue. Like, no, you can't do this. I mean, you know, it sticks out like a sore thumb if you look up there. So I'm rolling my scaffolding over to her house to examine her roof, and she's writing a letter disrespecting me and saying I'm not getting things done and I'm not transparent. (laughs) I want you to get things done, just do them somewhere else. (laughs) Well, you know what? If she wants things done, get out there and do it. Yeah. But, you know, they can't do that. They don't have that ability. Well, anyway, so there's a lot of misinterpretation in the uh, Constitution. A lot of misinterpretation. And 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 there have been changes over the uh, two and a half centuries that, that it's been in place because the Supreme Court and different times in history interpret things a little bit differently. But they usually build upon some prior precedents that the court has uh, ruled on, and that's called case law or common law. And we have, uh, we have laws that are written. And, you know, like the Napoleonic codes, and those are fairly strict. But in the English law system, Ken, uh, there's uh, an, an ability to interpret some of these uh, statutes and laws and prior rulings, and that's called common law. That's case law. That's laws made. And I know that a lot of Republicans don't like that. Uh, the judges and the courts, quote, quote, make law. Well, they don't make law. They reinterpret what the uh, what the legislature has done or interpret what the legislature has done. You know, it's like an umpire at home plate. Somebody's got to call it. What's the difference between that and settled law? Settled law is where you have a case law that has been essentially made absolute. So, but uh, we don't have that per se, especially when it comes to the Constitution. Although with some things are settled, the president's the head of the military. End of discussion. There's no uh, debate on that. So that's been settled, so to speak. Yeah, okay. So just over the years, attitudes change. Morals and values change, too. You know, the morals and values of the 11th century are not those of the 21st century. And that's why we have an amendment. And that's why we have the ability to sit down and discuss things with each other. And, you know, uh, 100 years ago, abortion was unthinkable in, in the predominantly Christian United States. And now... Uh, there's probably a third of the country that, or more that feels that there's nothing wrong with it and you should be able to do what you want with your body. Well, I don't agree with that because, as you know, Ken, I see us all as cells or organisms in a larger uh, uh, body and, and that we belong to each other. But that's just my personal opinion. Speaking of cells, I got a note from my wingman this morning about this new therapy for malignant melanomas. And you say, well, what's a malignant melanoma? It is the uh, the worst kind of skin cancer you can get. And uh, it's we have basically three cancers that we're familiar with, and that's basal cell, squamous cell, and then malignant melanomas. Basal cells are pretty benign. They take some decades to grow and take over the body. Uh, but they're ugly, and locally we take them off because you never know when you might have some squamous cell in there. Squamous cell's a little tougher, Ken. 
although it takes five to 10 years to get out of the barn once it's out, there ain't no treatment. Mm. There ain't no treatment. And I've seen two or three Canadians die from squamous cell skin cancers. I've never seen an American. Well, I did have one American die from it, but that's because she refused to let us take it off. She said she was ready to go. And she oh. went. <laughs> she went. <laughs> well, She's gone, buddy. Right. <laughs> but the, the malignant melanomas, and by the way, I've, I've had two that have been cut off of me. I cut off one myself. <laughs> wow. Um, I had one on my right shoulder, and I couldn't get to that because I'm not left-handed. Uh, so I went and saw my surgeon, and he took it off. And uh, then another one came up on my left leg, so I got one of the PA students who was working with me and my wife and the nurse, and we all chopped away at it, and I couldn't suture it up, so I had the student suture it up. And, uh, it's, but it's, it's, a, it's a deadly disease. It has about a 5% five-year survival rate untreated. Now, we have come up with some newer therapies lately. The old therapies we had really didn't work that well. Although I do have one acquaintance from childhood who's got to be in her late 60s now who had a malignant melanoma. And she also had metastasis. You know, she had distant uh, cancer pop up. But what happened is they would keep a very close eye on her, very vigilant. And anytime anything popped up, whether it was in her liver or in her armpit or wherever, they just chopped it out. And she actually survived. She probably developed some of her own immune uh, response to it. Which, by the way, is something that is of great interest to some researchers in the Netherlands who have developed this TIL therapy, which is tumor infiltrating lymphocytes. Say, what the heck is that? What the heck is that? Say that again. What the heck is that? (laughs) Tumor infiltrating lymphocytes. There's different subpopulations of white blood cells. There's the big Two big ones are the granulocytes and the lymphocytes, the granulocytic and lymphocytic series. The lymphocytes are broken down into T and B cells and also into plasma cells. Now, the uh, the T cells uh, have different functions. There are subcategories of that. You might be thinking that I'm hinting that uh, cells have a life of their own, and they do. And uh, guess what? They're part of a bigger organism. That's you and me. Mm-hmm. That goes to my prior statement. At any rate, the T lymphocytes have a subgroup called killer, K-I-L-L-E-R, T lymphocytes. They are the T lymphocytes that actually attack uh, tumors and uh, try to eat them up and shoot them up with poison. And so these researchers figured out that there are some killer T cells inside of these malignant melanoma tumors. And guess what they did, Ken? They harvested. They harvested those things, and they grew them, a whole bunch of them, on a Petri dish, and and uh, they concentrated them so that they had billions of these things, and they had injected them back into the patients with the malignant melanomas. And, and it's uh, been very successful in uh, keeping these people alive, or a large percentage of them. Of course, it's not going to work for everybody, but it seems to be a really neat therapy and the theory is that the t-, the t lymphocytes are very effective at killing the, the, the tumor cells, but there's just not enough T lymphocytes uh, within or around the, uh, the, the malignant melanomas to adequately take care of them. So you need a bigger army. So what do you do? Well, you clone them and you get, you get some uh, little clobotics going in there and you shoot them back in. So you're sending in the reserves. You're sending in the reserves that you've been building up over the past whatever in a petri dish in a petri dish and uh, 
Dr. Petrie is very proud of himself, I want to tell you. So at any rate, the, the treatment that we have or have had up until now were the monoclonal antibody therapies, ipilimumab, which is not easy to pronounce, but I did it. Uh, now, these actually block the malignant melanoma's ability to fight off the T lymphocytes. So they're kind of an indirect uh, uh, helper of the T lymphocytes. And of course, the next question is going to be, why don't we put the two together? Why don't we? That, well, we should, and I'm sure that researchers are already thinking about that. But this is a really neat therapy. This is really neat. It's just amazing to me how far we have come in immunotherapy. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, immunotherapy was you went in, you got your flu shot or your tetanus shot, and you stimulated your immune system to make antibodies. Now we're not only stimulating the immune system to do things, we're actually building more immune cells and shooting them back in. That'll teach that cancer. That's right. Yeah, we'll get them, baby. Someday we'll have a cure, you think? I think that we are closer and closer to having cures for a number of cancers. And, and we already do have cures for some cancers. So, um, you know, some of the... Uh, the big ones, though, like lung and, um, well, like melanoma and things like that. Well, yeah, melanoma, uh, we do have a pretty good success rate compared to 30 years ago. And uh, but you have to be very vigilant and you have to go after the, the tumors right away. And I had a patient and she had actually gone to her dermatologist who took off a couple little skin cancers. And I said, what's that on your arm? She said, I don't know. I said, that's a malignant melanoma. Did you show that to the to the dermatologist? She said, yeah, she didn't think anything of it. <laughs> OK, <laughs> well, so maybe it's so time to get I, a new dermatologist. Yeah. So what I did, <laughs> what I did is. I took it off myself, and sure enough, it was a malignant melanoma, but we got it all. Well, good. So you just have to be vigilant, and uh, if you have a predilection to skin cancers, uh, then you need to go into your doctor or your dermatologist and take off all your clothes once a year and have them look you over and, you know, spread everything apart and lift everything <laughs> up and, and um, you know, open the mouth and look at, you can get these things, you can get a malignant melanoma in your eyeball. Get out of here. I'd never heard that before. Yes. Really? Yep. You sure can. Now, how much of how much the sun being in Florida, how much the sun play in this role? Well, we think that, well, we know that the skin cancers, uh, you may have a predilection to it, but the sun, the, the ultraviolet rays are what damage the, uh, the top of the skin, and that's what uh, allows the uh, abnormal cells to become uh, active or it takes normal cells and makes them abnormal, and that turns into the cancer, and the cancers multiply faster than the surrounding tissue. That's why they take over. Even if you can fight them off, like with melanomas with a, a killer T cell, if you don't have enough of them or they don't multiply fast enough to keep up with the with the melanoma cells growing, you're not going to win. So that's why you have to cut it out. They'll cut it out, and we call in the reserves. That's right. <laughs> we build up our own army and shoot it back in there. So this is a fascinating uh, area of medicine. I just love this stuff. I, I knew it would come, but I didn't think it'd be in my lifetime. Well, with all of this um, advancement, maybe your lifetime will last a whole lot longer. Well, I hope so. I, so I, do I. Think, I, I think that I'm I like doing this show. So hang around, would you? <laughs> just for you. Thank you. <laughs> just for you. And I'll just keep. I'll keep practicing at those buttons. So um, I had a, a sad situation, so to speak, this week. Uh, 
We admitted a patient last week, one of my Canadian patients. By the way, I'd saved her husband's life last year. <clears throat> and she has, or had, she, she passed away Friday night, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, which is a disease of the lung where scar tissue builds up around the little air sacs in the lung. And we, we don't know exactly what causes it, whether it's a, an atypical virus or an autoimmune disease or genetics or what. Uh, that's still under under investigation, but uh, basically you lose your lungs and you end up with uh, emphysema and scarring and uh, hard to breathe. And the right side of the heart has trouble pumping blood out to the lungs, so then you get high blood pressure and on the right side of your heart. And as I've said before, the the vessels in the lung are separate. Their their blood pressure and their their function and their response to various things are different than the blood vessels in the rest of the body. So it's its own little system. So at any rate, she came down with a case of the COVIDs and came to the ER because she was short of breath and her oxygen levels had dropped significantly. And we put her in the ICU and uh, started her on antibiotics for pneumonia and antivirals and respiratory treatments. And then we ended up having to give her high flow oxygen and, and that didn't work and she crashed. And so the intensivist intubated her and uh, it looked pretty hopeless. And I, you know, I went and spoke with the husband who I knew and his son was there. And, uh, you know, I do my, my thing, which is part of being a, you know, a critical care doctor. I, I spoke to him and, and comforted him and, you know, asked him how long they'd been married. They'd been married 52 years, Ken. Wow. And, uh, and he said, this was so sudden. I said, yeah, but she's had this for, for a long time, the pulmonary fibrosis. The acute attack, of course, was just a couple of weeks. And he said, yeah, yeah, she has. She diagnosed with that maybe 10, 12 years ago. I said, so she's had a pretty good run. And he said, yeah, doc, you're right. And he said, do you think that we should um, go ahead and make her a DNR, do not resuscitate and comfort measures only? And I said, I, you know, I think it's going to be tough to bring her back from this 50-50, and that's being very optimistic. And so that night, uh, Friday night, they did decide to to end the life support, and she passed away. But uh, I'll tell you this story because uh, I think that we have to be grateful for what we have had, Ken, and uh, we can mourn our losses, but at the same time, we have to temper it with the realization that we had 52 years with this woman. You know, she was a great lady to him, and he loved her, and she loved him. They were fun people. And, you know, they laughed at my stupid jokes, and, uh, you know, and uh, th that made me feel good. So they were bringing cheer and joy all over the North American continent, so to speak. And so this is a passing of another great person. And we mourn the loss, but we also celebrate the life. And that's the way it should be, Ken. That's got to be the hardest part of your job. What is the hardest part of your job? No, the hardest part of my job is trying to get my wingman. To... <laughs> that's the hardest part of my job. I cannot get him to stop. <laughs> but, you know, if you like something, if you like to eat, nobody's going to stop you from eating. It's ubiquitous. There's food everywhere. That's if right. you like to smoke, you can go down to the corner store and get a pack of smokes, and nobody can stop you unless you're under, what, 18 or 21. But uh, Well, Joe is. Joe's trying to take away my menthol. Are you serious? Yeah, he wants to get rid of all menthol. Oh, my God. I know, and I'm not going to smoke regular cigarettes. <laughs> That's sissy stuff. <laughs> actually, no, it's, they're, they're harsher. That's why I don't like them. They are actually a little harsher. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Doc, we got about four minutes before news. You want to do a question here? 
Uh, let's do a question that I got to tell you real quick about this episode out in, in Las Vegas last month. All right. Let's see here. We've got two. That's a great time of year, actually, to win two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. Keep one. Give the other one away as a gift. See? There Take you go. And Jane's all taken care of there. Two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs up for grabs now. At this phone number, 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. Be the first person to answer this question correctly. The correct answer wins. The NA question is here, who, and it's always something about a subject we talked about earlier in the show, so you should know if you've been here listening since the start, who operated on Doc when he had a melanoma removed from his leg? Who was the chief surgeon in, in that procedure? <laughs> 877-969-8600. First correct caller wins at 877-969-8600. Tell me your story there, Doc. So uh, last month in uh, Las Vegas, two women were going to their friend's home for an early Thanksgiving dinner, and uh, a carload of young black kids pulled up behind them and yanked them out of their car. One kid had a gun. And they were going to hijack the car, but the kid couldn't figure out how to start it because it was a push-button start. There was no key. <laughs> <laughs> so the kid had put his gun down in his lap, and the woman reached in and grabbed the gun and started running. The kid <laughs> tackled her, and the woman turned around and shot him and killed him. Oh, well, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the game you play. Well, you know, one of my cop friends said, the one thing that he's noticed the most about criminals is they're stupid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. Bill with Ken by my side. Here's the latest from the Answer News Center. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. A Tokyo company is aiming for the moon with its own private lander. That vehicle blasted off from Cape Canaveral today atop a SpaceX rocket. On board is the United Arab Emirates' first lunar rover and a toy-like robot from Japan that's designed to roll around in the gray lunar dust. It'll take nearly five months for the lander and its experiments to reach the moon. A winter storm packing powerful winds, heavy rain, and potentially several feet of snow is blowing into the Sierra Nevada. Yesterday, it shut down mountain highways, toppled trees, triggered flood watches, and avalanche warnings. And Southern California quarterback Caleb Williams has won the Heisman Trophy to make USC the first school to take home college football's most prestigious player award eight times. TCU quarterback Max Duggan came in second in the balloting. This is SRN News. Diabetes. AM860, The Answer. Listen on our website, theanswertampa.com. 93.7 FM. W229DJ Dunedin. By downloading The Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical. Located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. 
Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI. And sleep diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years' experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi. 727-577-2220. 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour. Only on AM860, The Answer. Today we'll have partial sunshine and a high 79. Tonight, increase in clouds with a low 62. Tomorrow, clouds and sun with a high 78. Tuesday, mostly sunny with a high 80. Wednesday, mostly cloudy with a high 80. And on Thursday, mostly cloudy with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm and a high 80. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Garrett Beck for AM860, The Answer. Tis the season, isn't it? It is. Have you done your Christmas shopping yet, Doc? You're all set? Yeah, we bought ourselves a bread maker, and I made my first loaf of bread in it. Oh, all wheat. That's right. You were going for the all wheat bread maker. Yeah, the whole wheat. Whole yeah. wheat, whatever it is. And then how does it taste? All right. It tastes pretty good. I need to add a little bit more uh, brown sugar to it. I like my my bread a little sweeter. But other than that, it, was, it worked fine. It was the... Uh, Amazon uh, special that was like a hundred under a hundred bucks. So I figured, what the hell? Let's grab that thing and run. That's pretty good for a bread maker. <laughs> hundred bucks. Yeah. 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 We uh, got make... a winner, Doc. Who we got? We have Don Marple. Don Marple of Treasure Island, Florida. Hey, Don. What's Thanks for listening, buddy. And I hope you enjoy my mugs. And uh, maybe I'll put a little Christmas bow on the box. Oh, that would be sweet. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Don's getting those two. Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs for being the first correct answer. The correct answer was Doc did the surgery on himself. Oh, my God. <laughs> Got, that melanoma. Got that He's melanoma crazy. off the leg. He's crazy. <laughs> did, yeah, you, did you Bill. use, did you give yourself some anesthetic or did you just cut it out like a real man? <laughs> <laughs> we did numb it up first because uh, I might have hit somebody <laughs> if they had because yeah, if, if we were in the old rest, you'd have just cut it out. Just chop that yeah. sucker out, baby. <laughs> just bring in the lawnmower. <laughs> oh wow! So uh, that's the story on melanomas. We talked about that in the first half of the show, and thank God we've got researchers that are working on cures for these awful diseases that are uh, largely fatal, or in the past were largely fatal. Meanwhile, down in uh, down in Arizona, you know, Carrie Lake, you remember her? Oh, sure. She ran against the uh, 
incumbent governor down there, and uh, she uh, apparently lost by 17,000 votes. And so she's filed a lawsuit. Did you know that? Uh, I hadn't heard that yet. She's challenging the the actual uh, election vote counting, and she said the number of illegal votes. You now this is right out of the uh, the uh, uh, filing she made. The the number of illegal votes cast in Arizona's general election on November uh, 9th far exceeds the seventeen thousand plus uh, vote margin that uh, the current governor won by, and so Carrie says that this was a rigged situation and. Uh, She's going after these people who are in the hierarchy, and I guess it's Maricopa County, which is the most populous county, and uh, they apparently had some people, uh, you know, the Republicans had some people at these uh, counting areas, and and they uh, swear to God that there were thousands of illegal votes uh, that were brought in, and she's saying hundreds of thousands of illegal ballots were uh, were jammed into the Maricopa County system, infected the election, so she says. So she's she's suing to have it uh, reversed. And you got to remember now that the all the uh, uppity-ups in the state government, of course, are Democratic you know, because positions are appointed by the governor. So, you know, the, the director of elections and all that, they're all Democrats. So uh, you have to wonder if maybe there's something to it. it but I hope that if it shows that she uh, honestly lost, that she won't do the Trump thing, because I think that will hurt uh, Republicans in the future. You give it a shot and you take it to court. And if it goes nowhere, well, then you say, OK, let's move on. But that is a big deal. I mean, well, if she's got the evidence, then absolutely. Absolutely. If you feel that you've been cheated, I mean, that's what the court system is for. That's why it's there to uh, be the umpire, as I said earlier in the show. you got to have somebody to be the umpire and say, no, you're safe or no, you're you're out and when you slide into home plate. End of discussion. Yeah, otherwise you just have chaos. Yeah, you have chaos. And uh, I was watching the, uh, the uh, Portugal-Morocco soccer game yesterday in the World Cup. I'm not a big soccer fan, but it's fascinating to see uh, – Boy, those those fans, they are just as passionate about it, about that sport as, as uh, a lot of Americans are about football. Maybe a little too passionate. Well, they, well especially the English, they get a little, <laughs> the hooligans, they get a little rowdy. Yes, but they I do. They, I think they've calmed that down a lot. That was, uh, you know, one or two decades ago. They pretty much put an end to that. At any rate, Morocco upset uh, Portugal. Morocco uh, has been beating all these big teams. I think they beat Brazil which is one of the big powerhouses. And, uh, and you know, it's a little pipsqueak of a country right there on the uh, North African coast, uh, kind of bends around from the Mediterranean into the, into the Atlantic, not the Pacific. And um, I have friends from Morocco. Uh, There's some people at, at the hospital that work at the hospital that are from Morocco. And one of the guys sitting with me was from Morocco. And uh, I don't understand a lot about soccer, but uh, I, I get the idea when the referee holds up these little yellow or red cards. And I, I said, that's a foul, right? And they yeah. said, oh, yeah. I said, what's a red card? And they said, that means you're out of the game. I said, really? I said, what did he do? And they said, he stepped on the other guy's foot intentionally. And so they did the replay. And I said, yeah, I see that now. But you have to have somebody there to make that call. And they threw the guy out of the game. And for the last couple of minutes of the game, 
the Moroccans uh, played with with only 10 men on the field. I think you're supposed to have 11. So they still won. But they didn't attack the referee, you know? No, uh, no. I think things have gotten a little calmer. But, boy, you talk about attacking referees in in, uh, field hockey in India and Pakistan. They'll kill the referees. They beat a couple of them to death over the years. Tough to get replacements like that. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to find people that want to do that job. We got, hey, uh, Doc, we got, uh, I think we have the captain on the phone. You want to bring him in here and see what he's uh, oh, calling? Oh, come on, captain. What you up to, buddy? I got to start with this one. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, you were talking about Arizona a minute or so ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. All right. Well, Arizona is sticking it to Joe Biden. Got to love this one. They've got several hundred of those containers that they're putting in the slots where the wall wasn't fixed right now, right up above the uh, Constantine wire that's there. And they're working as fast as they can to get that border closed off. And I'm talking about Arizona, where they were a little bit reluctant to do it. But guess what? Now that this Republican governor's on his way out, uh, they, <laughs> they're rushing to get it done. Well, they better. You mean the Democratic governor? Uh, well, it's due, due, I thought Ducey was Republican. In Arizona, yeah, and then he and then he got beat by this Democrat that won. All right, oh. he didn't. He wasn't able to win. He he was term limited out. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, so now they got a Democrat, but I don't think the Democrat are rescinded. Once it's done, it's done. But the Japanese are headed to the moon, Doc. And I'm going to go with them too. I want to see what's up there. You know what's and, in their, You know what's in their vessel? Their capsule? Um, I don't know. Electronics. Uh, Mars. A Mars rover, what do you hear this? A Mars rover from the United Arab Emirates. They paid to put one up in there to drive around the moon and see what's there. A remote-controlled kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That's cool. All right. Well. All right. And I think this uh, yesterday or today was the anniversary of the last uh, Apollo flight to the moon. And yes. I, I, I told you I talked with Charlie Duke, who was uh, – <clears throat> one of the astronauts that actually was on the moon, he and I think White, the last two to be on the moon. Nice guy, Charlie Duke. Uh, he he actually donated his moon rock to Admiral Farragut, which is the uh, military prep school, high school, grade school that uh, my son went to. And he was a graduate of that school, and he came and gave a little talk, and he donated his moon rock, which is now behind uh, six inches of, of uh, bulletproof glass. I'll I bet. <laughs> I guess those things are still worth some money. They're a little it, rare, yeah. They're rare. So uh, that was pretty cool. Nice guy, and uh, he he turned to I guess to White or whoever he was riding in the in the moon buggy with, and said, "What if there are tracks in front of us?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, but seriously, I do have a question. I do have a question for you, Doc. You ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> China China is is opening more of their hospitals and building more new clinics to treat whatever this COVID thing is going on in China. We're going to have to be concerned about that crap again? Um, Well, I think that we're pretty well immunized in this country, and I know there's a lot of debate about uh, the immunizations. Of course, if you've listened to my show over the past few years, you'll know uh, all you need to know about the immunizations are safe and effective. Um, but, you know, any immunization has its drawbacks. The problem with China is they don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the technology to make the RNA vaccines like we do, like Pfizer and Moderna did. And I, we made so many doses of that. I probably have thrown away two or 3,000 doses 
of the of the vaccines in the past two years that have gone out of date uh, or have had some other problems or that you know we just didn't use them up and uh, so i don't think it's going to affect us per se uh, we're still dealing with the omicron here and we had this one patient die uh, and the flu i'm sorry and the flu and the flu too the flu the flu is actually uh has a higher yep. mortality rate than, than the COVID virus does. But the yep. COVID virus, it was just so ubiquitous. I mean, instead of, you know, 10 million people catching the flu in the United States a year, we probably had 100 million people or more that have had the COVID. Uh, and some of them may not even know it because it's so mild. But uh, this is a big deal for the Chinese. And, and part of the problem is, is they just don't have the infrastructure to develop, uh, maintain, distribute, uh, and store these kinds of vaccines. And uh, if they want uh, Pfizer and Moderna's uh, vaccines, they have to buy them. And guess what? They don't want to pay. <laughs> you know? By the way, you want to make sure that you keep plugging Awesome Bill from Dr. Bill, because you're the guy. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I'll see you later, and happy holidays if I don't talk to you again. You too, Captain. Thank you for chiming in, buddy. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, Captain. Captain Matt, every morning here, 2 to 6, to the men too. And speaking of Arizona, Senator Kirsten Sinema left the Democratic Party to become an independent, but she said she's not going to caucus with the Republicans. So I don't know what that means. So another Bernie uh, Thompson in the uh, Senate. That's three. I think that's three now independents that caucus with Democrats. Yep. It's going to be an interesting two years. It's going to be an interesting two years. And then on top of that, uh, we have... uh, we have revelations uh, as Elon Musk lets out more and more that uh, that the people at Twitter intentionally marginalized and ended accounts. And uh, I guess there's 98 or 99 percent of the people there have donated to the Democratic Party. And, uh, you know, basically they've been in collusion with the federal government, which now pulls into play the First Amendment, Ken. If they're a private industry, then they don't have to abide by the First Amendment. If they don't want to publish or allow you to publish your tweets on their platform, they don't have to until they become entangled with the government. Now they're a government uh, entity or sub-entity because they met with the FBI. Uh, they had uh, letters from uh, Michelle Obama and other people that were in the in the uh, White House and, and in the government. And so now they're going to get sued for uh, freedom of speech infringement. I mean, the, the First Amendment's a big deal here. And I think this may be the beginning of the end for some of these uh, uh, social media platforms that are sticking it to people who they don't agree with. Uh, yeah, if they want to exist, they're going to have to be more like the phone company. Everybody gets the same service. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, I mean, I was banned on, on YouTube. I'm on another channel now, but uh, somebody said they tried to listen to me on YouTube and my video was there, but there was no audio. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> That's a little strange. <laughs> yes, Don't, it is. I mean, I'm flattered that they think that I'm enough of a threat that they would take me off. And, of course, they did it because they said I disagreed with uh, some of the ways that the CDC and the World Health Organization approached the COVID virus. So what? Well, but, Who are they to say? You're well, wrong. Well, not only that, I was ahead of the CDC and the World Health Organization. They followed me <laughs> weeks true. and months later. So, you know, come on. I mean, open your mind, open your eyes, open your ears. 
get a life. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you got to get your blood pressure up there, Doc. <laughs> I know. And, you know, I woke up with a migraine this morning. I'm almost over it. And here it comes again. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. I still love everybody. What's going on in Ukraine? I haven't been paying much attention to that lately. Well, in the Ukraine, I guess uh, Putin's now his big thing this week was uh, if one missile hits uh, Russia from Ukraine, then he's going to shoot off 100 missiles into Ukraine. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if this guy really, I guess you'd have to take him at, at his word because he said he was going to invade the Ukraine and he did. And then on top of that, we had, uh, what's that town in the Ukraine that uh, they just took back? Oh, uh Ah, Domnust or something like that. I remember that. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so it's not a big town, but I guess what Putin did is he had his boys, uh, and they don't have much of a defense there. He he had his boys go in and bomb everything out. So now they don't have any electricity, and they don't have any. I think in Odessa too, they bombed out the electricity. So there's hundreds of thousands of people without uh, utilities, and uh, and it's like winter. That's one way to get people to submit, but that really doesn't work very well. We tried that with Germany and Japan. Basically, we had to go in and flatten them, you know, and just target bombing certain things just kind of tends to get people PO'd, Ken, and they want to fight back harder. So I don't know if that's going to work or not. And I think that uh, the uh, the the town that, that the Ukrainians took back is actually a port town uh, on the Black Sea. So that's a big deal for them. You know, that gives them another avenue of access into the Black Sea to, to fight the uh, Russian Navy, which I think has pretty much kind of been hiding because <laughs> they're getting sunk. <laughs> well, Crimea is the next the target, obviously, for Ukraine, I think. Oh, yeah, they got to take that back. And we, we really should help them. I mean, we should, uh, if the Turkey will let us launch something from their platform there, would <laughs> You know, we go in there and kick some butt, but well, I guess the uh, Russians are building up defenses and they're pretty good right now, so they know it's coming. They know it's coming, and I guess that has stimulated the European Union to kick in another eighteen billion into the Ukrainian war chest. I don't know how much that will buy them, but uh, it's something. You know, as long as they buy American, buy American, That's and, right? And buy American or or the this uh, arms dealer boot that we traded for the, for the basketball player for the basketball player. Right. And he, a, he was a, he was a, a terrorist. Yeah, was that, a that, was a good here. that was a good idea. Yeah. You heard what he said this morning. What'd he say? He's pulling for the Ukraine. <laughs> hey, look, well, you going to get, get himself shot over there. You know why he's pulling for him. Why is that? He wants to sell arms. He's an oh, arms dealer. Oh, of course. He's back in business already. He's only been back yeah, a week. I mean, he, yeah, <laughs> the Russians don't need him. So he'll, he'll side with the Ukraine <laughs> and sell them stuff. You gotta love it. You gotta love it, Ken. For a basketball player, we I know. Yeah, who hates America? Right. She's another Michelle Obama. Yeah, but it just shows America. the power of the media, man. Of course, she's making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, dribbling a ball up and down the court, and and looking stupid with all her tattoos and and uh, you know proclaiming her homosexuality and hauling her hashish around or whatever you want to call her marijuana substance. But He'll probably have an endorsement deal by the end of the month. No, probably. You yeah. bet. You got it. You got to love it. No, I mean, what other country on earth would you be able to do that? <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> Nowhere. Ah, uh, God bless America. You, we'll get through.
Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get through to the end of our lifetimes, I think. Yeah. I worry about my grandchildren. Though none of my daughters seem to want to get married anymore. And I guess that's another problem. That is a problem because you know what? We need babies. Yeah, we need people. We need people. Who's going to pay my Social Security? Exactly. So they're both you know, they're both in their mid-20s. Not really interested. It is amazing. and uh, I'm beginning to think maybe my wife and I, maybe we gave them, a, showed them a bad example. I don't think so. I, I don't think so, Ken. I, th- I think that it's it's a time in history where people are saying, we got enough on the planet, and, uh, you know, I want to go off and pursue other things and rather than be a mommy. But some of the most successful people I know are mommies. Yeah. One of them was my mommy. <laughs> Yo. What do we got on the planet now? Eight billion? Did we just go over the eight billion mark? Something like that? I think we did. And yeah. I think India is quickly catching up with China. I think India is, what, 1.3, 1.4, and China's 1.5. Uh, so it's, is that uh, the next manufacturing center of the world, India? Because I think uh, China's pretty much done. If they can get it together, you know, there's still a lot of corruption. Uh, although there's still a lot of corruption in China, it's uh, it's pretty much controlled by the Communist Party. So only the communists are corrupt. But in, in India, everybody's corrupt. <laughs> I mean, it's a democracy. What do you want? <laughs> exactly. And, you uh, have the right to be corrupt. Yeah. And, but if we and, catch you, we're going to throw you in jail. So. That'll teach you. Exactly. And uh, my friend Sophie, who's the pathologist at the hospital, she's from China, and her uncle uh, got somebody in the party PO'd at him. And so then they, they uh, as it does everybody in the party, he was doing th- illegal things, taking kickbacks, and, and so they busted him for that <laughs> out of the party. <laughs> so, th- you know, if you're going to be in the party, you got to play ball. Yeah. It's kind of like the mafia. Right, exactly. Or you'd be sleeping with the fishes. You can take as much as you want as long as you are with us. That's right. But then we're going to use that against you if you decide to go the other way. So. Yeah. and uh, But we're having the same, not exactly the same, but you, know, you look at Jack Dorsey who founded Twitter and he's going up to the White House and up to the Capitol Hill and saying, oh, there's no shadow banning. We're not targeting conservatives. And now uh, Elon Musk has found all this stuff in the closet and says, yeah, we were. <laughs> and, I'm worried uh, about Elon. I mean, how much is he hurting Twitter with this? Oh, are you kidding? Is he's he hurting gonna, it at all? No, he's going to grow that thing and he's going to double it in size in the next two years. He, I guarantee he's making money off of this at some point. You know, he took it private, so he's going to next year sell stock. He's going to sell about 20%, which is what a lot of these companies do. And he'll make billions he'll, on that. He'll, he'll, he's fine. he'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, and then, then when they go when they go public, then it's a whole different story about what they should and shouldn't be putting on there. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, it's still a private company, even though they're... But they're you've got more people to answer to. Yeah, but they'll have more stockholders to answer to. And uh, I, I guess that's, uh, that's a good thing. Uh, but I can tell you from being the president of our little corporation here... There are some very noisy stockholders, <laughs> and they're not nice either. <laughs> they accuse me of all kinds of things, not being transparent, stepping on their freedom of speech, not taking care of the ponds, and not doing this, and not doing that. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? Yeah, well, imagine what it must be like to be, uh, you know, president. 
wonder how much that is. is most of the uh, knucklehead stuff is screened out by the time he gets to your desk when you're president. So, oh, I'm sure they they yeah. probably uh, yeah. People say, don't you know what's going on in your front office? No, <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> you know uh, well, even if I want to know, I mean, I'm back here seeing patients. Well, right, you better go up there and see what's going on. This is your business. Uh, you, can you imagine? I've got what six, seven employees, eight employees. Imagine if you had hundreds of thousands of employees or millions of employees like the president does. And, and you're supposed to know what's going on everywhere. You have to trust the people below you. That's what you have to do. Yep. And, and when that, they screw up. It's your fault. It's your fault. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so uh, now at Twitter, we've got uh, got it coming out that the Jewish side of the family, Yoel Roth, was the guy who, I guess, the Slack messages, this is a term for they uh, they have algorithms that will take messages and put them into different categories, and then they can they can hone down quicker on something they like or don't like and play it up or or ban it or whatever. So Joel is there, and I guess we've got some Hindus and a few Catholics. I, it's pretty non denominational. Um, they're they're out to get us, so Ken. Yeah. They're out to get the conservatives. Yeah, I'm afraid so. <laughs> And they have this uh, truth and safety uh, part of it. Here's truth and safety head, Yoel Roth, lamenting a lack of generic enough calendar descriptions to concealing his very interesting meeting partners. And who's his meeting partners? The federal government, (laughs) the Biden administration, the FBI. What? (laughs) But they're a private enterprise, and they are not covered by the First Amendment. That's right. They will be. They will be. I think Congress is ready to pass that now. Well, we'll see if the Democrats are smart enough to get on board with it, because you know what? Uh, It can be turned the other way easily. Yeah, well, true. It can be turned the other way. So I think everybody's going to be on board with that after what what Elon's been releasing lately. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is is great. I wanted to share this with you. Did you hear that the Saints got fined? Uh, You know, the Saints played the Bucks last week, and the Bucks won at the last minute. And the Saints got fined five hundred thousand dollars. You tell them why, Doc? Uh, because their player uh, faked being hurt. Uh, <laughs> Amron Jordan, he he faked being hurt at the end of the game, I guess, to buy them some time to catch their breath. Yeah. So he got fined fifty thousand. The team got fined uh, three hundred fifty thousand, and I think the uh, or three hundred thousand, and and uh, the head coach and the defensive coach both got fined too and it added up to about five hundred thousand dollars which of course is pocket change for these guys but uh it's dramatic and uh, i guess it'll make teams stop and think whether or not they should pull these kind of shenanigans yeah that's pretty silly it is i mean there was no reason for that and the saints are at the bottom of the pile anyway so yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna win their division no point gonna... no point in that unless the head coach is worried about his job he, he's yeah, doing I, anything I would... to win I would be more concerned about keeping my job and uh, and and keeping a good name and a good reputation. But I don't know. You know, it's it's a different world. Football's a little different. But I must say that uh, Belichick and Tom Brady they were past masters at, at getting the press to notice them in the playoffs because there was always some scandal that they were involved in spying on the other team or deflating balls or all that. Of course, it was all a bunch of baloney. But they uh, they 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 fanned that fire because it got them a lot of attention and a lot of press. 
It's like Elon. He gets a lot of press just by fanning the flames. And shooting off rockets. Absolutely. He's the best at that. And, yeah, and he was in his jet flying across the country, and he was tweeting, and he said, I'm tweeting using uh, Starlink, my satellite. So that's pretty cool. That's got pretty good coverage, I guess. I don't don't know how long until they're complete, but even the uh, cruise ships now are going to start using them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to. So we're getting close to the end of the show. I just wanted to remind everybody, I am Dr. Bill, and we're at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. we got a full-service clinic. We love you guys. I want to wish everybody a happy holiday. And also, this is Jesus' time here, so whether you believe in Jesus as God or just a good guy who stayed at home with his mom till he was 30. Say bye, Doc. You got a nod Thank there. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.